Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leap. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Oh, hockey Welcome, everybody, to the Rink Moose podcast, a weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL, as well as their implications in fantasy hockey. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costume, along with my good pal, K-Nice27. Oh, Kyle. What do you mean 27? Are you just giving me a new number each week? Is or, that how sorry, this is going? Uh, sorry. It's uh, you. You were 56, right? Oh my God! You have really fallen off the rails. I got mixed up between you and Andrew. I, I'm sorry. What's Andrew's number? It's definitely not 27. 20, 27. A JoJo number? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He rocks the JoJo number. What? He did he rock yeah. this in uh, intermurals? Yep. Holy shit! That is a uh, that's that's disappointing. You don't know his number. Well, I'm sorry. I you know I. I've only played on his team maybe once, but you know, you're right. I should know his number. It's my mistake. But you know, you made a big mistake just here now too. I guess I did make a blunder. Sorry about that. And to I be... guess uh, I guess I can't really call you a good pal then. Yeah. More casual pal, I guess. Uh for reference, next time, Nick, it's fifty three or twenty five. Fifty three. Each right. one 25. either one will work. Yeah. Why twenty five? Uh, I was born on the 25th of January, so I, I, I did that for a while, the 25. Uh, the 53 was actually more of a lucky thing. Like, I got it at random, and then I went back to it because I felt it was lucky. Uh-huh. But those are old times, I, Nick. Old times. I have a jersey. Times. Before we get started here, I have a jersey <clears throat> question for you. Go ahead. What's your thoughts on a uh, player wearing the number one? A player? Yeah, like a skater, not a goalie. Uh, I think is he allowed? is, you... no, I don't like, I don't know if it's a league rule or anything, but the amount of chirps he would get on the ice is just astronomical. And I don't think Why? that's good for his career. Oh, Why I don't like, that... just cause you don't, you don't want to like, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to single yourself just because same reason why no one's number 69. Like you do not want to be that guy. Otherwise yeah. you'll get ruined with like the chirps. It's. It's just not a smart business move, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Now, speaking of jerseys, I, I did a class presentation the other day where uh, I, I handed out every single one of my personal jerseys to the entire class. Like all my uh, my Druan oh, jersey, my Leafs in. jersey. Yeah, we handed it out to everybody. So that what was, was the, uh, What was the uh, occasion? Oh, we were, we were pitching like a jersey rental service where you can rent any jersey for like the game night and then return it that same night yeah it was pretty good so yeah but yeah why don't we uh get into our our delicious content for the day 
And uh, mm-hmm. I thought it would be appropriate, and we want to mix this in a little more. I thought it would be appropriate if we get a little Pierre Maguire check-in from the man himself, Nicholas Costu, because uh, we, as you guys know, we really respect Pierre and his uh, his his wisdom, and uh, we always want to keep you guys up to date on what he has to say. So, what what's the latest from Pierre's uh, intelligent mouth, Nick? Well, uh, one thing that stuck out for me this week. And this is, uh, I think this is, this might elicit some, uh, some heated, heated content here, especially from you. Um, he basically, there was a game last Wednesday he did. And, uh, after the game, he said he had witnessed one of the greatest players in the NHL. And, you know, they were talking, him and the hosts, they were talking about, you know, who, who are the best pound for pound players in the NHL, all things considered. And of course, McDavid came up and Crosby came up and Ovechkin came up and another name popped up. And this one was a a surprising name, to say the least. Would you like to take a stab at who Pierre Maguire considers to be the best player in the NHL in the discussion at the very least? Well, if I'm a betting man, I say Austin Matthews is what came out of his mouth. Absolutely not. What? In Pierre Maguire's opinion, Evgeny Kuznetsov oh. is in discussion to be the greatest player in the NHL as of right now. Wow. Wow. Agree or disagree? Oh, man. You know, as a Pittsburgh fan, he's right on the edge of that discussion because... I'll say it right now. His skills always, always scare me whenever they play, and whenever I really watch him, to be honest, like he's got uh, he's got a full toolkit, maybe minus like a a big booming shot, but he is such a slippery guy, and he's uh, he's up there with passing ability, right with Backstrom, to be honest. I know he took that that first center position. He's got he's passing to Ovi, and this guy he's he doesn't need Ovi to be a, a, a significant player, so. I'm not going to put him in that conversation just because, I don't know, to me he doesn't have that super dynamic quality, but the skills are there for sure. So honestly, I think the, the comment is a little, a little outlandish and it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit out there, but I, I think he's a great player, but conversation for best in the league? Come on, Pierre, come on, what's going on here? Yeah, he, I... You know, I, I agree with the whole, you know, skill and, and deceptivity to his game. You know, mm-hmm. how, how he can go from skating to passing to shooting. He's kind of unpredictable. He's nifty. You know, he, he scored that really nice goal on uh, on Anderson in that, yeah. in that game versus the Leafs on Saturday. Um, he, he's just slick. He's, he's, he's crafty. And, and, and I appreciate that part of his game. And I don't think there's a lot of players in the NHL who who have that, you know, same skill to that to that very same extent. But in, I, I agree in terms of all things considered, you know, I, I think when you talk about the best player in the NHL, you got to consider everything like a, a, a holistic assessment. And, and I think certain guys out there like McDavid and, uh, and, and Matthews, you know, Crosby en- encompass that a lot more. You know, so 
I think it's more of like a recency bias thing. I know he's had a mm-hmm. great start to the season. I think it could just be that. You know, every everyone's kind of just jumping aboard that boat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a fun little thing to mention because um, not a lot. Of, I haven't heard that from a lot of people. You know. Hmm. Yeah, definitely a, a minority opinion. But I'll, I'll tell. I want to run something by you as well, Nick. There's a tweet out there which kind of caught my eye, and it kind of made me say, "Hey, that you're kind of right on this." But I don't know who it was. I don't know the Twitter handle or anything, but he said that, uh, and I quote, isn't it a little disrespectful for the the league and the media to be asking Sidney Crosby who the best player in the league is? And I think just considering the climate, how people are really talking about McDavid versus Matthews, you can almost phrase it as, hey, hey, Sid, who's better, McDavid or Matthews? When honestly, a lot of us were are thinking, well, you know, don't forget about Crosby here. Do you think? Uh, do you think it's a little, a, a bit of a sly jab to ask a guy like Crosby this question? Well, I, I think you got to consider it from two different perspectives here. Perspective one is, yeah, you got you ought to give respect to this guy who, you know, seemingly has held that title for you know, arguably the past decade. Um, but at the same time, I I'm kind of there with whomever you know is is asking these questions because i feel like there has been a bit of a passing of the torch here you know in, in terms of you you clearly see you know uh he's getting older these young kids are coming in they're faster they're more explosive you know they they might not have certain other skills that crosby has but they're certainly more flashy and they're in there and they're getting on the highlights a lot more than he is um not to mention the fact that they lost to pittsburgh last year that's not going to help his his you know nomination to be the best player in the nhl either so i don't know i'm, I'm kind of on both ends of this i i definitely see you know why he would have reason to be upset and why and why crosby fans should be upset just given this is crosby this is the guy who scored you know that that golden goal that you alluded to a few episodes ago mm. um but at the same time uh, the reality is you look at the stats you look at the highlights you in if he's not really, you know, he's not really doing his part in keeping up with the the McDavid and Matthews debate as of right now. Yeah, there's a there's a huge kind of hilarious debate going on around the Twitter sphere and uh, hockey circles where it's kind of like Matthews got off to the sizzling start and people are like, oh, is he the best in the league? Oh, he's better than Connor McDavid. And you know, people are going back and forth and with. McDavid's performance recently that's kind of quieted things down a little bit but uh, I'm just going to say it here uh, as much as you say that there's a passing of the guard and, and I agree that the league is changing rapidly I don't uh, to me there's no changing of the guard that happens in this regular season format because to me Sid performing in the regular season while he's still going to perform he's probably not going to be the best regular season player but to me he's still the best he's the guy I want in a playoff series out of anyone in the league he's still the guy that I want in a playoff series and to me there's a definite element of you know with his age and where with his success and where the penguins are there's definitely an element of you know I don't have to lead this league in scoring anymore that doesn't matter much to me anymore all I'm focused on is winning when it comes playoff time so I, I'm not saying Sid isn't trying to get points or anything. I'm just saying these things don't really matter to him anymore. And to me, he's still the best player in the league. If I want to win 
one game and I have to pick one player and it's all or nothing. I got the, the whole world on the line. Give me Sid Crosby at the age of 31. I don't care who else is up against him. Give me Sid Crosby. I think he's still the best in the game when it comes to the big games and the and the big playoff series. Yeah, no, that that's that's totally valid. And I and I think you know a lot. There's a lot of debate about you know, do you read into the stat quote clutch end quote and 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 how you know how does that transcend into sport? And I think, you know, as much as you, you have your opinion on that, I think when you do think about the game of hockey, um, there's simply nobody else who, who encompasses that, that title, that, that, that trait more than, more than Sid when you just see, you know, what he's done with his career. So, uh, yeah, the one, the one game assessment, sure. Um, so I, I guess it is a, it's, it's a question that's, you know, very much contextual and based on how you see it. Do you see it as a whole season? Do you see it as, you know, a one game assessment? Like it, it's, it's got a lot of different facets to it. So it's, uh, it, it's, it, it's really, it's really tough to say. Mm-hmm. And speaking of these guys, Nick, what a, uh, what an exciting matchup tonight, Leafs versus Penguins, man. I've, uh, I've had this circled on my calendar for a long, long time, but, uh, I just want to go back quickly in terms of the Leafs to that L.A. game. And uh, I know you were probably watching that really close because you're a big L.A. fan. Um, honestly, here here's what I'm going to say to you from my perspective. I, in the middle of the game, I actually gave L.A. a lot of credit because they got down they got down early uh, on, that, on that one goal by Kapanen. And uh, there was a part in the second period where I was like, man, L.A. is really bringing it to the Leafs. It looked uh, it looked really good for them with the pressure and everything. Sparks made a couple really really good saves. Like we said before, he he's not the most technically sound, but he's he's a he really he's a gamer. He he's an athletic guy, so he's able to make those acrobatic crazy saves, and it uh, it really gets people going. And and he made key saves at key times, and that allowed the, the Leafs offense to just you know, strike when needed. And we know they're so, so lethal. So honestly, um, I don't see this as a very bad showing for LA. Like they lost 4-1. Sure, the scoreboard tells that story. But uh, in the middle period there, they had the Leafs on the run. And then it's just, you know, when the offense gets you like that, you know, maybe they got a little deflated. But uh, it wasn't that bad of a showing. And I was I was decently impressed. Although, uh, I, you mentioned it and I did notice Drew Daddy didn't have his best game. How did, uh, how did you see the game, Nick? Well, honestly, I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get into this later in the episode when we talk about the, the game they had against Ottawa before the episode, but going into this game, I was very concerned and, uh, and I'll get into that later. That's more my holistic assessment of what With I've LA? seen so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I'll well, get into this later. Yeah. You, yeah you'll be yeah. interested, but, uh. But anyways, it, it just you know, talking within the confines of the Leaf game, um, the reality is you're not doing yourself any favors when Jack Campbell lets in a goal like that. It, it to you know, what was it? A minute in? Not even something like that. Maybe first shift. Yeah. I'm not sure. So Kapanen's for those of you who didn't see it, Kapanen's behind the net. Um, he basically banks the puck off the back of Jack Campbell's back. The oh. puck goes in the net. Kings down one nothing. At the, uh, at, at the Scotiabank place, as they call it now. 
um, less than a minute into the game. So immediately you're asking yourself to climb out of this big mountain. You're coming off a tough loss to Ottawa. you got to play the best team in the NHL, or at the very least the most explosive team in the NHL, and, and your goalie's not doing you any favors. No. Um, so, I mean, the reality is they only let Toronto score four goals on them, one mm-hmm. of which was that one. Yeah. So you could argue if, if he doesn't let that goal in, then you know that changes the complexion of the game. Maybe instead of LA chasing the Leafs after the first period, uh, you know may- maybe it's uh, maybe maybe it's a little closer, and they're not doing that. So, um, you know that's my number one takeaway. Jack Campbell didn't really give him that you know the chance to win that 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 he should have, or that he was giving the team back you know in the game against Winnipeg and the game against Montreal because he had been playing great to that point. <clears throat> Um, and then, yeah, you're right, Drew Doughty. I, I'm pretty sure he was on, on, on the ice for all four goals. Yep. Um, obviously, Matthews make, made him look silly on that first goal where he lost his stick. Yep. And, you know, he was chasing Matthews around the ice like he didn't know what he was doing. Um, it, it was rough. Um, but, hey, I mean, the reality is this is a team that's just not doing it on the power play right now. They had their chances. They had their power plays. Uh, to this point, I believe they're 0 for 20-something. Um, it was it was just it, it was a rough game, but but I think in terms of just neutralizing the Toronto offense, if you know if if you take away that rough Campbell goal, they did a pretty good job, and and I agree with you. I I, I think it'll be interesting when the Leafs visit LA uh, later this season in November, but uh, yeah, I mean it was a tough loss, and uh, like I said, I wanna I don't, I don't want to get too much into LA right now because I'll get into that later with yeah with the Ottawa game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see you thought they did okay, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I, I thought otherwise. Quite frankly, I think this is a team in trouble right now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well, we have a we have a bunch of teams to get into later about uh, just teams that are surprising us in, in both ways, good and bad. But just to just to continue on the Leafs here, just to finish up, I feel we're obligated to give a quick update on our opinions on the Nylander situation. So as you know, Dubas has flown over to Switzerland to meet with Nylander. And um, two, f- two factors of thought here for me is that, uh, honestly, we've talked about with every passing day, with every passing win, uh, Nylander loses leverage. Uh, that's, one pass- that's one thought which I think is still valid. Uh, another thing is I, I think we're, we're getting closer and closer to, to coming towards maybe not a long-term deal, but maybe just a bridge deal. Maybe that's what gets this deal finally out of the way. Does, doesn't it make sense for him to sign maybe a two or three year deal for maybe not as much as he thought and to have another tryout in the end of that deal because he's going to be playing with, I mean, he's looking at Kapanen and he goes, well, I'm if I'm better than Kapanen, then I can outperform what I've done in the past with this team. If I'm him, I'm thinking if I sign a bridge deal, it's not the end of the world because I'll be up for another, uh, I'll be up for a bigger raise once I put up bigger numbers than just my, uh, my 60 point, uh, 61 point seasons here. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, I think that there's merit to that argument. I mean, if you look at it right now, he, he's getting, you know, kind of ripped apart because this Kapanen guys, yeah. you know, he's replaced him and he's doing great. Um, so if I'm talking to Nylander, Nylander, I'm like, all right, you think you're worth this much, you know, this blank amount? Well, why don't you go out there and prove it? And, and I think the best way to do that would make him, you know, play for his contract. To this point, it's, it's been a short sample size. Uh, his point total, you know, his, his career high has been 61 points. I, I think it's fair to say if you want in the 7 or 8 million range, you, you got to put up more than that and definitely more consistently. 
you know, you got to see some consistency there. Um, so, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, he, I'm pretty sure he's done that in three straight seasons now. Oh yeah. And, and he, he earned a contract right around that 6 million mark. So, uh, if, if Nylander wants more than that, then I think at the very least he's got to do the same. Um, so yeah, I, I and I, again with the Dubas flying out there, I think that's only a good sign. I, I think it, you know, I don't think a deal of this magnitude, you know, can really get done over the phone. I, I, I don't really buy into that. I think with him going there, them personally having a chat, you know, ho- hopefully they can get through this, you know, in a in a friendly manner, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we can have this dark chapter behind us because I'm, I'm sure it's waning on Leaf fans despite the hot start here. Yeah, and uh, I I think they're they just want Willie back and they and they want to see the full potential of the team, you know, with with Willie slotted in on the second line, and then you know maybe you move Kapanen down to the third with Janssen and Kadri and see how that pans out. They they want to see the the full potential of the, this Leaf squad. And uh, I think that's really contingent on uh, on Dubis and Willie getting this done. So, um, yeah, ho- ho- hopes are they get it sorted out soon. It's just funny to hear you say uh, that we're waiting to see the potential of this Leaf squad as if they haven't already been tearing the league up. Yeah. To no to kidding. think that there's another level, I don't even want to think where what that could be. So, yeah, we'll. Uh, oh, I I actually have a funny story just because. You know the Penguins are in t- uh, Toronto tonight, so I have a I have an insider scoop here, and uh, I have a friend who had an interview at MLSE Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment tonight. So he's in wow. the building, and uh, what uh, what one of the employees there actually told him was that uh, they found Sidney Crosby wandering aimlessly through the MLSE building, totally lost. So, so I'm just trying to picture one of these poor employees uh, seeing Crosby. Oh, hey, hi, Mr. Crosby. Uh, can I help you find something? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally lost. Help help me get out of this building. I just find that just the funniest thing. And that's what my uh, my good friend told me about that. So I just thought that was uh, that was worth mentioning on the podcast here. What a, what a small world. That's, I know. Uh, that, that's almost as funny as the time that I heard uh... – Phil Kessel got lost at my high school skating rink looking. For oh yeah. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that, that gave me a chuckle, but yeah, it, it's kind of funny hearing these, these small, small, uh, small world kind of stories with these, uh, professional hockey players. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So last night we had a, a kind of an interesting matchup because the Habs were playing the blues and, uh, I'm a big Habs fan. You're a big blues fan. And we, we mentioned that we had bragging rights on the line. And uh, I think you guys all know what happened that night. It was a, a, a relatively, well, close on the scoreboard match. And then Gallagher just put that little backhand tip in with about five seconds to go in the game. Absolute backbreaker for a Blues team, which is struggling early. And uh, I watched the game, Nick. I watched most of it. I didn't watch all of it. But uh, the Habs just played with so much more pace than this than this Blues team, and we're gonna get into the St. Louis Blues in our later segment. But uh, what did you think of this game in particular for uh, for St. Louis? Well, I, I think just outright they didn't give it sixty minutes, and and I think you you heard in Mike Yo's comments after the game that yeah they looked great in the second in the third period sorry third period and uh, you know 
quite frankly, Montreal didn't have much zone time in that third period. Jake Allen wasn't very busy in, in the Blues. They had three power plays in that third period. But, you know, it seemed like the whole period was in their zone. They finally scored on their third power play to tie it up. Some great passing. Um, but, you know, quite frankly, first two periods, the Blues got spanked. And, and Montreal was, was make, you know, going up and down the ice, outskating this, this, this slow Blues team. And, uh, you know, Jake Allen, he didn't match Price's play. You know, he gave up kind of a softy on the, on the Max Domi partial breakaway in the, mm. in the opening minute of the game. Yeah. Um, top to bottom, the team, you know, they just got outplayed in those first 40 minutes. And by the time they finally turned it on, it was, it was a little too late. Now, of course, they did tie it. Um, and, 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 you know, the awful play by Colton Pareko, which, which I will say, if, if you were tuning in as a non-Blues fan, you don't know much about this team, that is not indicative at all of this player. This is mm-hmm. a fantastic young defenseman who's, who's just making his way into the NHL. That play right there was a one-time mm-hmm. screw-up. Um, I, I assure you, you will, you will not see something like that again from him. I think he was just, you know... The, the 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 you know he was the wrong victim at the wrong time and uh and and, and it, it, he's gonna it, people are gonna look back at that and and it's gonna it's gonna hurt him you know it's gonna leave a bit of a mark here but uh you know it, it was a disastrous way to to end the game they, they worked their way back they end up getting zero points when you thought they'd at the very least get one and and now you know here they are they gotta they gotta face a leafs team on saturday they gotta play a winnipeg team after that you know arguably the two best teams in the end NHL it's not going to be easy here so if you're St. Louis I think you just have to have a short memory you kind of have to you know throw the end of the last 10 seconds of that game you know into the paper shredder and uh and, and just look forward here yeah and I think time timing is everything with this because I actually I thought Pareko had a pretty decent game overall except for that last play yep. uh, I was really like he he was really able to shut shut down uh some some speedy halves forwards there and he was skating really well so I feel bad for him like I saw him on the bench he looked all sad but yeah I, I I'm a big Pareko fan and I didn't uh I didn't like seeing him all uh all down about that but he he's he's a great player and we know that it's just uh just the timing and and how St. Louis's season is going and you know that uh that kind of giveaway it's it's a tough look on him so we, we feel for the player but yeah, we're uh, obviously I, I was pretty happy about that, so I'll, I'll claim the bragging rights. I'm not going to rub it in too hard, but the Habs win, and I'm happy. So, uh, but we're we're going to get into the Blues again, again a little bit later. Uh, I just want to shift gears just a little bit to uh, that crazy, crazy Edmonton game. And for those of you who didn't follow, uh, Edmonton was down four-one, and I'll be honest, I was watching this game, Nick, and I turned it off. I I switched games. I'm like. I can't watch this. I've got Talbot in my net in fantasy hockey, and I cannot watch this because it was looking very bad very early. Um, but honestly, it, 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 it came off as a big positive that they came back in this game. Uh, we, we saw the McDavid get that historic NHL record. Uh, first nine goals by the Oilers were all points for McDavid, and that that's crazy, but... One thing I have to just, I have to highlight this. McDavid's ice time in the first four games here, uh, it's nearly historic, Nick. He's, he's averaging over 19 minutes of even strength minutes. 
Uh, he played 22 minutes in that uh, in that game, the last game, and the one before that versus the Rangers, he played 24. Oh my goodness gracious wow. me, this is so not sustainable. He is like, I've never known of a player to be carrying a squad so like take McDavid off the squad. What do you have? A pile of shit. Not, not no not that strong but this is simply unsustainable and I, I, mcdavid probably he relishes this role in a way because that's just how he is but um his, his ice time he, he's gonna he can't no human body can keep this up in my opinion and if you look at the edmonton oilers schedule and we all know they had that road trouble with you know they got sent to europe and then they got sent right on the road right away and now they're playing and this is their schedule in the next uh, week and a half. Boston, Nashville, and then in the next week. Pittsburgh, Washington, Nashville. And, like, you got to be kidding me. The league guys didn't give these guys a single break, did they? They didn't say, oh, yeah, it's good, good for us if the Edmonton gets a good start. No, this is maybe the toughest start ever of anybody because they went on that Europe thing and then they were, yeah, they went, then they were right back on the road and now they're in a home, a little bit of a home stand, but the quality of teams they're facing. I don't know if I can start Talbot for any of these games, Nick, I don't know uh, what I can do, Yeah, but uh, just, Oh my goodness. It, if this isn't a one, this is maybe the, the most one line team in the whole league. We talk about Dallas, we talk about Chicago. This is a one line team. If you look at the ice time alone, you'll know that. If you look at the score sheet, you know that. Um, I don't know. Like to me, this is a dark cloud looming over Edmonton. I mean, they're 500. They're two and two. They've only played four games. It's not a lot, but this is a dark, dark cloud. Just knowing that the secondary scoring is almost zilch for this team. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, on honestly, it got tiresome just opening my phone and, and seeing the scores and seeing that McDavid was involved in all these scoring plays. Cause I was like, where, where's, where's the, where's, where's all the scoring here? Where's, where's it coming from other than McDavid and, and Nugent Hopkins and dry They're li- literally nowhere else to go. And, uh, you know, we, we already talked about Peter Shirelli and how, you know, he hasn't quite frankly, he just hasn't done a good job of, of surrounding McDavid with any secondary scoring. And uh, you nailed it. The The schedule coming up here, hellacious, to say the least. Mm. These, these next five games, they're, they're going to be no fun. And honestly, if I'm the Oilers, this is my mindset. Just get to, you know how a lot of people, Kyle, they say U.S. Thanksgiving's kind of like the benchmark to see yep. what a team is? Mm-hmm. If you're the Oilers, just get to U.S. Thanksgiving at 500. That's it. Oh, because that would be a win. Know, the, the, that would be a win because the NHL they didn't do you any favors. They started you on the other side of the world uh, in Europe to play a, a stupid game that should have been an exhibition game in, in against the New Jersey Devils, and then they fly you across back to North America. You have to open up in Boston's home opener. And, and, and now you look at the schedule and, and they've got these, these next five games coming. up. So you know, I, I think 500 would be a great result for this team by U.S. Thanksgiving. And, and if they can just do that, if they can just hang on 
here. Have McDavid keep carrying the load and, and get some help. You know, get get a little bit of help from the rest of the the rest of the players here. Um, that would be fantastic. So we'll see what happens, but I I think that's what needs to be the goal here. Just 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 play some five hundred hockey. Yeah, and if you dive even deeper into the schedule, you'll also notice that they play a lot. So they didn't play too much in the beginning of the season, but they're playing every other day, sometimes back-to-backs for like a month now. Like they don't have two days off. It's wow. it's it's really crazy to, to see that they, they've been scupped like this. But uh, an- another thing I want to point out in, in terms of like just a fantasy perspective, uh, we, we were mentioning McDavid's ice time and we were mentioning McDavid's success. Um, M- Nugent Hopkins is about a minute behind his ice time, McDavid's ice time on all these. So he's putting up, you know, 20, 21 minutes each night. And he had the three-point night the other night. Uh, so I know he didn't start too, too strong. But with that exposure to McDavid's line, I think uh, he's definitely a guy, if, if he's not already owned, which he probably is, you want to own him, and if if you own him right now, then then uh, then great job. I own I own him in both my leagues. That's the only reason why I'm mentioning this. But uh, yeah, I I just think uh, that top line will produce. Um, the other thing I noticed about Drysaddle, and I've I've gone on the record and saying I'm a big Drysaddle fan, but he has looked a little slow in my opinion. Like he he looks like a big guy. He looks bigger than I remember, just because I don't know. He just seems like he doesn't skate all that well on the rush. Tons of skill, all maybe all the skill in the world, but I I'm not a huge fan of him on the rush, and I don't think this is kind of where the uh, it's not going to suit him well in in this NHL season. But I, I may be wrong, but. Uh, you know, a guy like Pugliarvi, I, I could see taking a big step because he's got that skating. So, and I know, I think Shirelli's Shire- mixed up the lines a little bit, put Shirelli on, on uh, sorry, Pugliarvi on the second line. But I, I'll say it again, this uh, this coaching staff and this management may be my, my least favorite in the entire league. I, I'm not a fan of anything they've done uh, in in, the, in their whole tenure. I think this coach is is a joke with with his systems and I think uh Peter Shirelli has just just made nothing but a, a total ass of himself. What do what do you think of the management, Nick? No, I, I think this only echoes the statements we, we made in the preseason episode. Um, you know, again, i will say it again. This was a guy who we drafted McDavid and thought he could just sit back in his chair, cross his arms and and, and have him do his job for him. And win GM and, of the uh, year. Fuck it. Yeah, Wake exactly. up, buddy. And, in the, in, in the last, you know, the opposite's been what's been the case, and, and he's on the hot seat right now. So, Big time. You know, if they clearly, there's a part of this team that's showing that they want to be a contender, and I think it's up to Shirelli and the other part of the, this team that's that's not scoring for this team to step up and do their part here. You know, he if if they play 500 hockey by U.S. Thanksgiving. Shirelli may have to make a move. He might have to add a piece to this to this offense. We'll see. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, you know state. I, I think you know when you look around the other coaching staffs in the NHL and you think of coaching staffs on the hot seat, general managers on the hot seat, look no further than the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And 
just knowing like that that they had to do the Europe thing and the, and the road games, the fact that they're 500 right now, I think is already a win. So if they can keep this up somehow, just hold on, find a way to win these some games here and there, then again, it's a win. But there is a dark cloud. But we'll we'll move on from Edmonton now. And uh, now we want to get into our, our main segment here, which is the surprise teams. Uh, so what me and Nick are going to do is we're going to go through all the teams that are surprising us in a good way and a bad way. And we're going to say, you know, are these guys serious? Is this sustainable? And, and what's really going on here? So, um, you know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I think we'll start with the good, the good teams, the guys that are surprising us in a good way. Uh, and where better to start than the Montreal Canadiens? They, uh, to be honest, right, I just checked the league standings, Nick. They're fourth in the NHL. League standings. Now, who would have guessed this? Certainly not us. I think we both had some some uh, some jabs to say about Montreal in our preseason episodes. But um, do I see this continuing? Uh, on a, I, I'll say sort of. I, I can't possibly see them as a bottom five team anymore like I did earlier. But uh, far too many things have to go right for them to make the playoffs. I think... Uh, in terms of just pure skill, I don't think you quite have it all there. I think, like, you know, Drew N's not ready, as we discussed last episode, to take that leadership role. And we'll be honest, in terms of pure skill, he's the most talented guy on this team. He's certainly not playing like it. I know Tatar has stepped up. There's a lot of guys that have stepped up, and they're playing with pace, and, and that's fantastic. Uh, and, and you know, you know we know... Carey Price can steal games, but when I look at the roster, it's not quite, quite there. They might go bubble team playoffs, but, you know, I think this is a hot start, and I think it's great for the fan base. I think it's great for the season. It, it's great to sell tickets. I mean, we heard Claude Julien on the record saying, we're putting a fantastic product on the ice, and the fans are happy, but what they've shown me so far with this hot start is they they don't bottom out this year, which I think is it's not the greatest thing, but uh, it's it's not the worst thing either because you, you see some pieces coming along. You see the Kakaniemis, even though he's not getting too much of an opportunity right now, uh, but you see the pieces coming along. So if they're around 10th, 11th, 12th last in the league, I think it's a great season for them, but I do not see them being a bottom five team. Yeah, I, I think you watch the games here and against the speedier teams like the Leafs, you know, they're, they're hanging in there. And against the, you know, more grinded out physical teams like the Blues, you know, obviously they're doing their part and, and they beat them last night. So they're, they're certainly matching up against their opponents night in and night out. The only kind of odorous game was that one against LA where I think they just got, you know, they got yeah. beat up pretty bad against a pretty pretty heavy hockey team yeah but all, all in all i you know you're you nailed it you ought to be happy for the fan base there's finally a fun brand of hockey in montreal you know you always knew they they their greatest strength of their speed when you look at guys like byron and gallagher and and these guys who you know they're just maybe maybe undersized but they give it their effort and, and they play a fast-paced style of hockey and uh and i think you're seeing that um, you know, throughout this whole lineup now. 
and and it's fun to see. You know, we, we ripped apart Drouin a little bit on the last episode, but he had himself a good night in that Detroit game, had yep. a couple goals. Yep. You know, looks like he may be sorting it out uh, of late. So um, certainly positives, but I, I agree with you. I think long-term here, um, this team won't be able to hang in there. You know, you got you got your Bostons, your Tampas, and, and your Toronto in the Atlantic. And Florida, you got to figure they're gonna. We'll talk about them more later, but you yep. got to figure they're gonna put their, you know, put their foot on the gas here pretty soon. So, um, you know, Montreal, they're, you know, it may be fun now, but I, I don't see this being, you know, a prolonged segment of success. You look at their PK, bottom ten in the league, power play, bottom ten in the league. I mean, the last time you saw a team make the playoffs with both those categories being in the bottom third in the league, you know. It, I don't. I don't think a team, you know, can make the playoffs with if those numbers staying there. So um, they're going to have to, you know, improve in some areas of their game. But you know, we'll, we'll see how long this lasts. I, I'm not too much of an optimist, but uh, I'm happy for the for the fan base, uh, nonetheless. Yeah, there's definitely some sleeping giants in the East that could uh, come up and ruin the party for the Habs, aka the Floridas and the the Philadelphias of the world. But I gotta give a quick, quick shout out to Max Domi, who's he just looks like a just such a speedster out there. We know Byron's fast, but Domi can can skate up there with the best of them. He's uh, he's really impressed me. He honestly he he didn't do much for me in the preseason, uh, mostly because of that stupid play he did. But man, he he's looking really quick and and like a really smart player out there. So I'm I'm really happy with what I'm seeing from Domi. And I think the the main thing we traded when when we got rid of Pacioretty was Domi adds that pace, which we see from them so much now, is that, that fast brand of hockey and that quick thinking. Pacioretty's more of a methodical, slow and steady kind of guy. So um, in, interesting to see there, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on the Habs. Uh, next, guys, I want to go to, which is I'm going to change my tone on these guys too, is the Chicago Blackhawks. And I, I think I had these guys in the preseason coming last in their division. Uh, are these guys serious to me? Um, I say, why not? Especially with Corey Crawford making his epic return tonight. It's Thursday, uh, October 18th. Corey Crawford is coming back. And he's been out since December of last year, Nick. So... With, with the rejuvenation of Taves, with the emergence of uh, Alex DeBrincat, who has been honestly a, a fantastic goal scorer in, in throughout junior. I think he put up three consecutive 100-point seasons in junior. So there's no reason why he can't keep this up. And uh, Kane's Kane. I don't see why, uh, why the Blackhawks can't keep up a, a winning record here. I don't see them... Uh, I don't see them. De- I don't see them in the bottom ten in the league like I thought they were. That's for darn sure. Now whether they make the playoffs, I'm gonna need a bigger sample size. But so far, like they're passing the eye test, and uh, they're also the guys who are doing it are guys who can sustain this pace. So I, I'm I'm a believer in the Blackhawks now. Well, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, it's it's a good good storyline, you know, see, seeing these guys like Caves, you know, step up, uh, you know, com- coming back from a from a down year last year, and guys like DeBrinket finally, you know, finding their way in the show. It, it's a good thing to see. 
Um, with that said, the defense here still concerns me. You know, I, I still see Keith, and I'm like, well, you know, he, he still looks a little, a little old there on the ice, and, and the same can be said for Seabrook. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, that kid Henry Okaharyu, he, he's been great to, to start the year, and I've, I've been very surprised in his game. But, yeah. You know, looking down the line here, Eric Gustafson, Jan Ruda, Brandon Manning. Um, you know, I, I, I'm still a little, I have my reservations on the, on, on the dinner table here for, for good reason. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good thing to see. I think it's the same thing with Montreal. I don't see this, you know, staying for, ver- for too long. Um, I know Joe Quenville, he's going to do everything to, to keep this team in contention. And Stan Bowman, he's going to do the same. Because, you know, again, talking about management teams and coaching teams on the hot seat, those are certainly two names that should be there right up with Edmonton. Um, so I, I think you're going to see, you know, this, this continue. But, you know, similar to Montreal, I, I think it, it's a scenario where you have these great teams in your division, whether it be, you know, Winnipeg or Nashville or even these sleeping giants like the Blues, um, they, they will find their way and, and inevitably Chicago's going to have to play some. They're, they're going to have to play their division rivals and, and we'll see how they do then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's great to see, but do I see this continuing? In my opinion, not so much. Okay. And uh, so, Nick, there's one perfect team left in the NHL. One team who has not lost a game in regulation or overtime. The New Jersey Devils. Now, granted, they've only played four games. They're 4-0-0. But uh, my goodness, Paul Mieri is sizzling, sizzling hot. I think he's got seven goals in four games. Uh, Kincaid is a legend right now. Uh so many things go- going right with with this team right now. The sample size is small, but uh, we know they have the reigning MVP. We know they have Nico Heischer. They had that crazy fight with Miles Wood and Jamie Ben, which was, was awesome. which was awesome. Like I'm not a huge fight guy, but but just to see Jamie Ben, like because like you know Dallas of very lately has not been performing all that great. And that was a, a big time tilt, man. Like, it wasn't just a turtle fest. It was a, that was a real fight. So, um, everything's going in the right direction for the Devils. Uh, what I will say though is uh, this is one where I, I do not see this lasting much longer at all. To be honest, um, I just don't. I don't see the forward depth, and I don't see the defensive experience. And I, I don't know I don't know about this Kincaid guy. Like, there's just too many things going so not like I thought they would with this team. Uh, and uh, I I said in the preseason they would be on the bubble and they they wouldn't make the playoffs. That hasn't really changed much for me, mostly because their success is such a so, small sample size and the fact that uh, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of guys overperforming, like Palmieri. When has he been this kind of goal scorer, right? So there's no tangible thing for me that I can really grab onto that says, yes, the Devils will keep this up. They will be a playoff team. I'm so confident. Uh, So, yeah, the Devils, for me, they're going to fall back to earth sooner rather than later, and I think they'll be on the bubble and just outside when it comes playoff time. What do you think? I think I'm a little higher on this team than you. I I look at this team, and they have this 
this underdog persona to them. They they have this attitude from from top to bottom throughout their whole the whole the whole lineup where, you know, they're kind of telling other people, hey, you know, you may not have us in in, in you know your top echelon of teams, but you know we're we're here and and we're here to stay. And and you watch their brand of hockey. It's very fast. It's very you know up and down the ice. Very exciting brand of play. Um, of course, you know, Kincaid, he's been great. But the thing with goaltending is when, when he inevitably lapses, you know, hopefully you have Corey Schneider come in. And, and we know Corey Schneider to be one of the better goalies in the NHL just as a, as a goalie um, in, in general. And I think between him and, and, and Kincaid, I think that's a, that's a strong goaltending tandem, especially when you consider it, you know, in, in comparison to other teams in the league. Um, and you know the defense. I like the defense. I like guys like Vatanen. I like guys who Andy Green. Andy Green, who seemingly is you know one of one of the better just defensive stay at home defensemen in the league. Uh, Damon Severson, a young up, up and coming defenseman. Uh, ben Lovejoy, who I like as well. Will Butcher, very explosive on the power play. I like this team. I kind of forgot about them in the mm-hmm. off season, to be honest, because they had such a quiet off season, and that's why I wasn't so high on them. But now that I'm seeing their brand of hockey again and how exciting it is. And, and, and seeing these guys who, you know, like Blake Coleman, who I don't know very well, playing very well, and guys like Jean Sebastian Day, who had a great goal in, in the last game. Um, I, I'm a fan. You know, you got the veterans and Brian Boyle. I, you know, I saw this team play live in Tampa in that, in that game they lost in game five of the, of the quarterfinal. And I think they're going to, they learned a lot from that game. And, I, and I'm seeing a bit of a maturity from this team. Um, and, and it's good to see. Uh, I, I think they know they're good, and, and I think they want to prove it. And I, I like this team, and quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did sneak in yet again. So mm. I'll counter your point, and, and I'm a little higher on this team. Okay. Uh, they're facing Colorado tonight, which will be a, a, a good test for them. Colorado's been relatively good this season so far. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it close. I'm keeping a close eye on that. They're up one nothing right now. But. Every, everybody is talking about, oh, Matthews, this many goals in this many games. You know, 10 mm-hmm. goals in, in, in six or seven games. Oh, yeah. McKinnon, goals in six straight games. Well, start giving Kyle Palmieri some respect because this is seven goals in four games. That That's great. And the reality is he's always been an offensive talent. Yes, mm-hmm. he's not, you know, one of these marquee names, but he seemingly has always been a guy who – you know he gets injured every year but if he did stay healthy for 82 games this is a guy who perennially would put up 60 plus points and, and i've always set out to draft him in leagues he's very you know very high shot totals you know goal scoring hovers right around 25 goals every year um he, he's a solid player and, and i was happy to draft him in my league and it's obviously paying off right now so um i i hope he keeps it up you know and uh yeah we'll see what happens yeah, this is definitely a Nick player, guys. He's yeah. Nick perennially. Yeah, he's like he said, he's got this guy every year. I was lucky enough to pick him up in in our our sub league, maybe you should say. Uh, so, hopefully, he does pretty well tonight. But uh, we'll we'll move on. And this is next team is a is a team we talked about last week. It's the Carolina Hurricanes, and uh, I'm gonna keep this one brief because we did mention them last week. Um, to me, these guys are very similar to the Devils in a way. Uh, it, it's a young, exuberant team. Everybody's kind of hot. You see that top line clicking. Aho looks fantastic. Furlan fits in like a glove there. Uh, you got Jordan Stahl, who's who's performing. Um, 
but to me this it's another case of you know the the, the goaltending I definitely question we we have not seen a, a proven goalie that they have in their system right now um, and and to me they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be on the bubble as well once they they finally come back down to earth so I'll, I'll just briefly say the hurricanes to me are are a lot like the devils to me which is aho is gonna be like Palmieri. he's gonna come down but uh, you know the 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 top talent is starting to f- really flourish in uh, in guys like Teravine and Aho and their young guys look really good and it, and it looks like Hamilton is really fitting in there but uh, when I look at the other Eastern teams that's where I I start to bring them down but the Hurricanes in my mind compared to my preseason rankings they've definitely gone up like they have definitely impressed me how they've uh, they've brought these and integrated these young guys in and how people have performed but. Yeah, it'll come down. It'll come down for sure. But uh, this is another bubble team. And to me, I, I'm more high on the Hurricanes than I am the Devils, if I'm honest. Um, but uh, again, it'll be tough. It'll be tough if they make the postseason. If anything, I see them maybe knocking off a, a team like a Columbus uh, for that for that maybe final spot. What, what do you think about the Hurricanes? Yeah, similar to you, I'll keep the short, just giving our... Our, our, deep, our deep analysis of them last week. Um, but, you know, I, I've made my opinion known. I, I like the defense. I think it's one of the most underrated defense in the league. I think you're seeing that with the statistics here in the early season, how they're giving up, you know, among the, the lowest shot totals in, in, in the season to this point. And, you know, guys like Ajo, I've been watching the highlights of all their games, and he, this guy seemingly, you know, getting on the scoreboard every game, a, a very – very good talent. Michael Furland, he's found his place on that top line. I happily picked him up in one of my leagues, um, and, and it's paid dividends to this point. Um, the only question mark, yeah, is that goaltending. I, I know Darling, you know, he's he's kind of on the horizon. Meh, yeah. When he, when he comes in, you know, he'll obviously be taking McElhenney out, but quite frankly, I don't really know if that's a, uh, if, if that's really much of an addition. Uh, how much better is Scott Darling than Curtis McElhenney? I, I couldn't really tell you. Um, I I don't really have confidence in the player. He hasn't shown us a reason to be confident in him. Right. And, you know, Morazic, he hasn't necessarily looked like, you know, a great goalie. He looks like same old Morazic to this point. Yeah. I, I, wa- I watched parts of that Tampa game they were in. You know, didn't have too great of a game. Um, so between him and Darling, there's certainly, you know, a reason to be concerned and and that's what i think this team will boil down to can they get the goaltending because because when i look at their their offense i see justin williams on their second line i see warren fogel this guy this no-name guy stepping up i see fogel. This, this top line of yeah fogel the uh, this top line of aho and furland and you know andre svechnikov he's on their fourth line He'll marty nikas yeah they got yeah. good pieces they do, and and uh, you know they, they ought to be getting respect. It's just a matter of, you know, can the goaltenders do their part? And that that's what'll be key. Here. That's that's what's going to be key here. And I think Rod Brindamore knows that. And I think it's it's imperative that he doesn't just throw one of these goalies out there for for sixty starts. I, I think you'll get the best out of these mediocre goalies if you have a one A one B situation. So give Morazic. You know half the starts give give darling half the starts maybe throw McElhenney there maybe keep him as a third goalie we'll see maybe just ride the hot ha- hand here and there I, I think that's the way you got to play this to get the best out of these goalies uh, to avoid any fatigue so 
we'll see here. But I, I'm high on this team, and I think if, if all things click, if the goaltending clicks, you could see them really uh, vying for a playoff spot come Game 7. Mm-hmm. And you got we got we got to tip our hats to Rod Brindamore and his head coaching debut. He seemingly has done a fantastic job of really tapping into this offense. Okay, guys. So now we want to switch focus on to the bad teams, the the surprising bad teams. So again, with this one, we're gonna go through these guys and say if uh, if this is really who they are and, and or they're due to increase. So. Uh, I want to start things off in the East. I want to start things off with the Florida Panthers. Um, Nick, this roster is too good for this to last. The one thing that concerns me on this squad is the goaltending injuries. Roberto Luongo is still a fantastic goalie, but he's going to get injured every single year without fail at this point of his career. I think he's 39, maybe he's 50. One of the two of those, but uh, oh my goodness, this uh, this this roster is too good to be where it is. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if they've won a game yet. Uh, I'm just checking nope. here. Confirmation: zero that wins. Oh two and two. Um, and another another thing with their power play, their power play is pretty awful at the moment. Um, now here's what I'm gonna chalk this up to. When I watched them in the preseason, especially, what they were doing was in the power play, they were almost force-feeding Hoffman shots. Uh, they were like maybe making the wrong play just to get Hoffman a shot on that power play because that was probably how they drew it up. Oh, let, let's feed this guy all day. Maybe that's kind of screwing them up so far. Maybe they should just act more natural, act like they did last year. But yeah, this is uh, this to me is one of those teams where it's an early season blunder. They've played four games. It's not a huge deal. Uh, Reimer's not an not a terrible backup. He's shown that he can carry that kind of uh, that kind of you know um, heavy backup role. I'll say he's not a starter, but he can play a lot of backup kind of games, and uh, he can get it done in the meantime. But yeah, this this team will rebound very uh, very quickly. I think there's too much talent, and uh, we're already seeing Barkov kind of break into as another fantastic season what do you what do you think of florida nick yeah i I watched good segments of that game against philadelphia that very high scoring game against philly i think it was six five total um and you know i I saw a lot of defensive breakdowns which was concerning you know i I still don't think this is too great a defense other other than you know ekblad and and matheson i you know i'm not too high on this defense what about yandel well, he's great. He's a great, like, offensively, you know, he's offensively gifted. But in terms of just a pound-for-pound, pound, all-around, two-way defenseman, you know, I, I, I think he's getting older. And uh, and the rest of the defense, I'm not too excited about. So You're mean. That, well, I'm sorry. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I think they're going to ask, they're going to have to ask a lot of Luongo when he gets back. And, and he's the right guy for that job. He is a above, well-above-average NHL goaltender. So... I'm hoping when he comes back, he can kind of stabilize the situation there because the forwards, they're, they're doing their part. They're scoring. Barkov, he was fantastic. He had two great backhand breakaway goals uh, against Philadelphia. He, he is quietly making his case to be a, a MVP in this league. Mm. And uh, Big comeback and too there. Big comeback. Yeah. Um, they showed a lot of fight, and, uh, and I think it's only a matter of time. I think stuff like that, you look for little things like that 
where a team, you know, has a, has a spark when they're down and out. And, and that's what you saw from Florida there in the third period in that game against Philadelphia. So I'm with you. I don't think this will go on for too much longer. I, I think Bobby Bugner and her, his staff will, will get, will ride the ship together. I, I was always a fan of him when he was an assistant coach in San Jose and uh, yeah, ho- hopefully they get it together here. I I'm in the boat that they will. And soon enough, you know, I'm hoping Luongo comes back. I heard it's more so a longer injury, longer term injury than a shorter term oh. injury. Which which is definitely concerning. Yeah. Um. So yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully, Reimer and Hutchison can 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 ride this out. I think it's a similar situation to Edmonton. You know, maybe just keep at five hundred. I know you have this injury, you're starting goalie. Yeah. Just keep it to five hundred going to U.S. Thanksgiving. Hope for the best. And and once Bobby Lou's back, that's when you start making your run, and that's where you quietly you know you know climb the standings because don't don't forget this team was down and out for, for most of the season last year a lot of pundits were, were were having their doubts about that but they made a great run at the last quarter of the season and yeah. inevitably you know came very close to getting a playoff spot so don't count them out this team is you know as we've seen is is more than ready to to make a rebound yeah and uh we may have to wait for that rebound but i'm of the opinion it, it'll come at some point are these guys still locked to make the playoffs for you, Nick? I think they. I think they have to be. When when you look at that conference, I I know we talked about or that or that division. I think Detroit, as we're seeing, is looking like a historically bad hockey. Team. Oh, you, know, you you just look at their statistics. Their goal uh-huh. differential. Their goal differential is something like, um, you know, minus sixteen here through through six or seven games. It's it's brutal, and uh, you know uh, other teams. I mean. Ottawa, yeah, they, they look great. And, you know, I just saw them live. And they look fantastic. But I don't think that's going to hold up, especially with the injury to Brady Kachuk. It's almost like a question of somebody's got to seize that wild card. And, and, you know, somebody. And I just don't see it being anyone else in the Atlantic Division. So I still think this team is, is too talented and they have too much depth up, up front to, to miss the playoffs. Yeah, this, this next one for me is going to – be extremely pleasurable because the LA Kings is what we'll talk about next. The LA Kings, Nick. Uh, I'll start off by saying, Jesus Christ, what a god-awful power play. Oh, for fucking 20-something. maybe Over 22, maybe. Worst power play in the league considering it's a zero. Uh, also, piss-poor offense. They're amongst the bottom five in, in league scoring. Uh, when I watched them, all I saw was Kopitar. That's all I saw, Nick. Come on. Kopitar was carrying this line. And I saw Dowdy trying to do way too much for a team where they need, uh, they desperately need some offensive spark. And it looks like he's trying to take it onto himself to try to try to spark that. So my goodness, Nick, the LA Kings, in my opinion, they're slow. They're uh, they they can't score. We saw it in the playoffs. We saw it against Vegas, uh, and they just can't keep up with today's NHL. This team is going to fall, in my opinion. Can you possibly say otherwise? Well, honestly, Kyle, I I wish I could. Oh, but uh, yes, Nick. I, I hopped on a great uh, 
And I went two hours east to Ottawa, Ontario this past weekend. Wow. And I witnessed the Sens play this team, and I had a number of observations. And I, I was excited. And uh, the reality is this team laid an egg and, and, quite frankly, really disappointed me. And I did not see too many good things from this team. You, you mentioned the power play. Looks god-awful. Your zone entries, awful. Kovalchuk, they're not nearly finding him enough on the power play. They're not nearly shooting <clears throat> the puck enough on the power play. Just too many things not clicking for this team. Kovalchuk, by the way, looked awful in that game I was at. He was actually thrown off the top line. No. Uh, thrown off the top power play. Uh, Tyler DeFoley stepped in in his place. It was awful. Wow. The, the goals against Jack Campbell. No help clearing the crease. No help around the zone. You look at all those goals. Too many Ottawa Senator players in the blue crease. It, it was awful. Um, you know, there were there were some good signs. You know, Adrian Kempe looked good. He he was skating. He was he almost scored a goal. Hit one off the post. He has looked good, um, actually. Yeah. Yeah, but but boy oh boy, I mean, for the most part, I was just very very disappointed by this team. Um, to me, they just look at, like a team that they badly need help. Mm. And and the reason I say that is because they have two very important players not playing right now. One mm. of which is Dustin Brown. This guy brings a heavy intensity to the lineup he brings a he brings you know an added confidence an added boost to the lineup just his presence just the leadership of dustin brown he's obviously still out with a broken finger i know he skated today for the first time in a while in a no contact jersey so you know still he's he's slowly getting back into the thick of things but i think they badly miss him on that top line i think him and kopitar have some great chemistry so they badly need him back, and they also need Gabe Velarde to step in. They're, they're missing a youthful yes. exuberance. Yes, absolutely. I, I, know, I know, you know, Kempe, that's youthful exuberance, a yep. quick skater. Uh, Anderson Dolan, he showed some, some, some great play in this road trip. He especially played well in that Montreal game and, and in the Ottawa game. I was very impressed with his play. They're, they're, they're getting these, you know, they got a couple young guys there, but they need, they need a guy like Velarde to step in in help as well just give something give some kind of offensive creativity to this team because to me this team looks like they just they don't know what to do they just look unskilled to me they don't look like they look like they're playing old school hockey just dump and chase and and, and cycle in the offensive zone and see what happens they're not playing with any creativity or flash or speed and, and it just looks bad when you compare it to all the other teams in the nhl so I, I'm for the first time. I'm very down on this team, and I think this team is in trouble. I think now is the time to wake up. There needs to be some urgency here, um, very soon. And I'm hoping with these two new additions, which hopefully come very soon, yeah, um, they can leave. They can leave them out of this because right now it's looking very, very grim. Yeah, I never thought I'd hear you say this, Nick, and it's. <laughs> I, I wish it I just was. Had to, Kyle, I gotta say the truth at some point. Yeah, the truth yeah. Is, it upset me, and it may may have taken you know be, sitting on a bus for for four <clears throat> hours to realize that. But but honestly, that that's 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 what I'm seeing from this team. Yeah, I wish I could say I was more satisfied hearing you say these things, but honestly, it it's just sad to me. Like it sounds like a a guy who's a fan of a team and they let him down. So screw you, down. LA. You know that's not very nice. Well, so, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going there quite yet. This is still, you know, 
Oh, I'm so going my, my there. favorite team in the NHL. Yeah, but wow. wow. I, I still, I still, they just need to wake up here. They need, they've lost their identity. You know, this is a team who has, for a while, been a top puck possession team in the league. And when you look at their Corsi stat, they're not what they're, where they should be. And historically, this is a team that is great against keeping, you know, shots against very low. And you're not yeah. seeing that on the score sheet here. Goals against. You're not seeing that on the score sheet here. It looks like a team that's lost its identity. The reason I love this team is because of this hard-nosed identity, and they cover all those statistics mm. I just spoke of. And, and and the fact right now that they're 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 not close to where they need to be in all those respects just shows me this team is is having an identity crisis, and they need to wake up and get out of this, and and hopefully come soon because because I'm losing faith here. Los Angeles Kings for Jack Hughes. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, ah. let's settle down. Here. No, I want to say a team. They, they can't afford to do that. They just no, COVID. no. They, they realize they only have three years here to make something happen. With their roster. So I think the last thing you're gonna see is them be in the bottom of the standings, hoping for Jack Hughes. I just think they gotta they gotta wake up here because. We know what happens with te- with teams when they struggle too much, you know, to, at the start of the season. It's there's hard. no getting out of it. Yeah, we, it's we hard. saw that. We saw that with Edmonton last year. Yeah, they couldn't get out of it. They just couldn't. And uh, yeah, it's uh, they they gotta just they gotta tread lightly here, and, and they gotta take it game by game and, and get themselves out of this hole. So the LA Kings are 24th in the league. The St. Louis Blues are 28th. Nick. Uh, so let me quickly run through what I think of the Blues. Uh, something to to note, honestly, is they've had a very good power play. It's actually fifth in the league right now. Uh, and the fact that they're not winning despite their power play clicking really well, it, it's really concerning to me. Um, the other thing I'll say is when I watch, because I'll be honest, I haven't watched a lot of their games. I did watch the Montreal one, obviously. Uh, they didn't impress me there as well. Like I didn't see any flash from their stars. I didn't see Tarasenko take over any plays. Uh, I I saw a team that got outskated, quite frankly. Um, but when I look at the roster, they totally passed the eye test when I look at the roster. Um, the thing is, as much as this roster impresses and it, it impressed both of us in the preseason. We had a, a ton of praise for this team in the offseason, one of the best offseasons in, in the entire NHL, maybe. Um, but this goalie, his name's Jake Allen. He's from God knows where in Canada, and he's... I have zero faith in him, Nick. I think his, his psyche is that of a thin pane of glass. <laughs> and I think that... Uh, he is just another bad goal away from just being a nervous fucking wreck back there. Because with with all this added talent in the offseason, you got to think the pressure's even a little bit higher on this guy. It's all of a sudden, all right, if we're not winning now, then why are we, like, how can we not win now with all these new pieces? You got O'Reilly, you got, you got Bozak coming in. Um, I mean, you, you've got plugged in guys like Jordan Cairo. There's no reason why this roster on paper shouldn't be succeeding. And they've played six games. They're not one of these four-game teams like Florida. 
They played six games. They're one, three, and two. So uh, I'm looking at Jake Allen on this, and I'm I'm just looking at a lot of these guys. Maybe Tarasenko's off-season injury stuff started him slow. I like. It's not looking good when I when I see them on the ice. Put it that way. What What are your thoughts? May I remind you, Kyle, that the reigning, defending, oh world champions, the Washington Capitals, of their first eleven games last year. So while there may be reason to be concerned here with the Blues only winning one in their first six or seven, I think seven games to this point, I'd, I'd hold your reservations. I, I think you talked about it, Kyle. Top to bottom, this team's too talented on paper. You know, at least with LA, I look at the roster and I'm like, hey, there's some there's some holes here. But when you look at this Blues team, there there aren't any. The reality is management's done a great job of insulating this 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 team with with talent all across the board and i I think they're going to be just fine i i think they had a tough loss last night we talked about that earlier in the show i just think this team needs to show some urgency in his quotes last night mike yo after the game said this looks like a team that just looks like they're entitled to a good start like they're entitled to a playoff spot just because their roster looks so talented i think what you what we haven't seen is a sense of urgency from, you know, we only saw that in that third period last night where they were aching to tie the game up, but through 60 minutes, that just wasn't the case. So I, I think this team, you know, Mike Yo, I think he gave them a good mm. talking to last night. I think we're going to see them change here. I, I know it's going to be a tough go with the Leafs and the, in the, in the jets coming up, but I just think this team's too talented. They've got too much playoff experience. They've got too much character, too much class to, to, to let this you know slow start get to them and and jake allen you can say all you want about him but i think he was with the exception of that first goal last night he was he was sharp he made he made some sound saves and uh you know i i I think he'll be just fine i think he's maturing here i think the team in front of him the defense in front of him is going to make his job easy i don't think they're going to ask too much of him i think he just has to be decent um and, and i think this team will be just fine you know, it's just a matter of, you know, those character guys, the Petrangelos, the Schwartz, the Maroons, mm. just, you know, telling the team, hey, we got to wake up here because, because you know, after 20 games, if we're on the outside looking in by U.S. Thanksgiving, it, it's awfully hard to get back in. So I just think it's a matter of the leaders really taking the reins in the dressing room and, and rallying this team together. I think it's less so, you know, their play on the ice and more so their demeanor and their character and their attitude off the ice. And I think that's what's going to get their, them back in the playoffs here. They just got to they gotta give it a little more effort here, and, and they got to stop, like Mike Yo said, stop feeling like you're entitled to something and, and, and instead go out there and earn it. So I, I think that the best of this team we've yet to see for sure, and I think uh, very soon here we're going we're gonna to see them uh, get going. Nick, I'm I'm really I'm vibing with everything you're saying, save for one small detail. La- last year, yeah, yeah. What last year when Jake Allen decided to have his inevitable uh, hiccups, you had Carter Hutton who posted league best splits as a backup. You don't have that anymore. You've got Chad Johnson, so you've got Jake Allen 
front and center in the spotlight of the NHL. <laughs> and they're saying, Jake, if it's not you, it's nobody. You don't have a Carter Hutton to fall back on. So I, I vibe with everything you're saying about the offense there. But, oh, boy, this guy worries me. If I'm if I'm a Blues fan, this guy worries me big time. And I'm now just looking at the Central Division, and I'm seeing how Chicago's kind of surging, and I'm seeing Dallas looking, maybe not lately, but Dallas is looking decent, uh, Minnesota dropping. But, man, Nick... I can't see these guys finishing ahead of Colorado. I really, I really can't because I, I like what I like what I'm seeing from them. So there's there's danger here. There's certainly some serious danger when it comes to the goaltending. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. I think this was a a part that uh, that Dougie Armstrong is as well as he did in the off season getting these guys up front. I I think he totally looked past <laughs> the goaltending position. And getting a guy who can be a proper one B for Allen, yeah. And, and instead, he went with the cheap option. He went with a classic backup in Chad Johnson, and uh, it, it might hurt them. We'll see here. Um, I, quite frankly, I think they're asking a little too much of Jake. Um, just give it. He, this isn't Jonathan Quick. This isn't a guy you can just give sixty-five games and, and have him take the reins. Yeah. Um, the reality is, if you look at Allen in his career, he's a streaky goalie. He'll have 10 great games. He'll have 20 great games. And then he'll have 20, you know, hideous, awful games. And uh, right now he's kind of in a, in a flux where he's, he's you know, he's, he hasn't really found his, his own. So he's got to get back here. And, and they just got to hope for the best. They, like I said, they got to make his job easy. Come. He yeah. doesn't have to be this amazing goalie. If the defense makes his job easy, right. I do believe this defense is so talented yeah. that they will they won't make they won't have it be like the Leafs where they're asking so much of Freddie Anderson to bail them out each and every night. I right. think it's a very different situation there. So I think it starts from the defense instead of the goaltending position, mm. and and that's where we look at this uh, situation from. Okay, uh, just one more team I want to talk about. Uh, these guys are 23rd in the league, uh, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, I'll, I'll name a couple things here uh, to start off. Another awful power play. Now, this is a, a trend we're seeing with these these teams that are surprising us at the bottom. The power play hasn't clicked. They're 27th in the league. Um, but again, th- this one to me is, a, is an outlier because I'm going to chalk this up to new personnel. Uh, a.k.a. Eric Carlson, and just getting used to everybody plugging into their new roles. I think uh, as much as they have started a little slow, they haven't really impressed people. Um, they're 2-3-1, and one, but uh, there's guys on this roster that are inevitably going to wake up and they're going to really start performing. So this is a team that's underperforming that I have basically no worries about. It's uh, it's mostly to me, just fit it, figuring out where people are fitting in. Like you know, new guys, Carlson and Burns, kind of figuring out their roles here. Um, but there, there's been some bright spots already. Evander Kane has looked pretty darn good, and uh, young guys like Timo Meyer and uh, and Hurdle have looked good too. So, yeah, this is one of those teams where I say don't uh, don't sweat it too much. San Jose will be back up in uh, in a very short time period. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm, I'm actually pleasantly surprised you feel that way. Um, but, you know, you look at the record, 2-3-1. and one, It's not all that bad, especially when you consider that their last two games, New Jersey and New York, uh, they were leading going into the third period. They were in a position to win those two games. And, and very easily, they could have four wins at this point. You know, the, the reality is they just got some, you know, Martin Jones, he led in a pretty, you know, odorous goal in that New Jersey game. He, he, you know, they were missing a save or two from Martin Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, that Rangers game was kind of weird. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's not like the LA Kings are the, you know, where they're getting badly outplayed in these games. It's like, it's almost like they're just, they, they're running into this bad luck or they're missing a save or two from their goaltender. And that's why they haven't really been in the top half of the league in terms of standings. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. This this isn't too much to look at. Uh, I was listening to Pete DeBoer after the after the New Jersey game, and, and he said, hey, listen, we're, we're fine with our game. We're not stressed. He was saying all the right things, and, and I believe him. I don't think he was just, you know, saying, you know, you know empty words to us. I, I think, you know, this team seriously thinks they've played better <laughs> than, than – their record indicates yeah and and i and i think they'll get it together yeah for sure there's again there's just too much talent too much talent too much character character Um, veteran guys yeah yeah. they'll they'll figure it out one thing i will say is they do need martin jones to step this has been a kind of an uncharacteristic slow start to him if if you Mm -hmm. watch the goals in his games they haven't exactly been you know you know, sit goals that should be going in. So I, I think he's a huge part of this team. And I, I think, you know, he, he's, he's got to really get it together here because this, this team is great in front of him and he's got to do the same. So hopefully it starts tonight. They're back home now. They're going to have a, a bit of a home stand. They're back to play the Islanders and, uh, or sorry, the Buffalo Sabres tonight. And, uh, and hopefully that can, can kind of get his confidence up with a, with a, you know, well below average hockey team. Yeah. Um, at home. All right, Nick. Well, that that wraps up the segment of the goods and the bads of the surprise teams. And uh, honestly, I'm just fired up to go watch that Pittsburgh-Toronto game. So this will be the end of the show. And I, uh, uh, you know, I, to be honest, I'm pretty fired up to see Pittsburgh, uh, you know, slap, slap the Leafs around and, and kind of saying, you know, I know you guys are young and 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 talented, but uh, we're still the we'll, we're still the top dogs here. So, I'm I'm pretty fired up to see what's going on there. Yeah, it's it'll be fun because because essentially what you have is for a long time Pittsburgh's been the the definition of a team with amazing center depth and amazing forward depth. Mm-hmm. Crosby and Malkin and Benino and and Cullen that was their Stanley Cup rotation down the middle. And, and, and now, um, you know, the Leafs have kind of come into that territory with Matthews and, and Tavares and Kadri. So it, it is kind of the new Pittsburgh Penguins, so to speak, against, you know, the old the, the Pittsburgh Penguins we've always known. So it, it, it'll, it should be a fun one. I'm totally with you and uh, look forward to seeing how that one turns out. 100%. And uh, all right, I guess that's where we'll end the show. Just a kind of a fun fact. Uh, me and Nick haven't uh, we haven't done a, a live show together since uh, September, just because Nick's been at uh, at Queen's University in Kingston. But I'm going to visit him tomorrow. It's going to be a great little weekend. We're going to spend some Queen's homecoming uh, 
time together. So we're going to get the old Rink Moose team in one uh, one town once again. So we're pretty once fired again. up for the weekend and uh, definitely going to talk some hockey, definitely going to watch some uh, some stuff and maybe have a few How wobbly about that pops. Saturday game? Oh, we'll yeah. We'll definitely be tuning into that Blues and Leafs. That, oh, 100%. Uh, lots to see there and I'm sure I'm sure there'll be some chirps flying and uh yeah, we'll uh we'll see how that turns out. Oh, you guys know there's going to be bragging rights on the line. <laughs> if the Blues lose again, you're going to hear it from oh, me. Boy, I'm worried about first this hand. Yeah, I, I have my concerns here. I uh, you know, I, I can just in my dreams, I just see Matthews on that top circle you know, just, just throwing a, a, one of those patented Oof. snapshots by Jake Allen Yeah, and him just not knowing what to do. So I, I think it's going to be, I think these Leafs players are kind of going to look at Jake and be like, Hey, we, we, we can abuse this goalie because you know, this guy's got no confidence at all. <laughs> and uh, this might be a short night for, uh, for Jake, the snake. So oh, boy. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking at Jake Allen like a deer in the <laughs> headlights right now. This very well may be the end of his career, honest to God. <laughs> he we'll might see. just be like, guys, send me to the AHL. I'm done here. Chad, get in here. Chad, come, help come us. Me out. Save the season, Chad Johnson, please. Yeah. Oh, boy. Should be fun. All right. Well. Thanks, guys, for listening again. We're uh, we're Rink Moose signing off. Uh, can't wait to uh, watch a good weekend of hockey and come back to you next week with some uh, some more content. So I hope you guys have an excellent weekend, and we'll see you next time. Rink Moose signing 